Well, you know, uh, obviously this uh, topic is on a lot of your minds, and uh, I really appreciate the interest and I appreciate uh, the input. Now, again, uh, David Bellavia, 10 to 2 on WBEN. He is our resident uh, power grid expert. It's been like a huge uh, passion point for him for 20 years or so. Uh, so you're going to get a lot of good stuff in the power grid when you listen to David. Now, we're talking about this push to get off of natural gas and make everything electric, including, of course, your vehicle, all electric, all electric. And you got to ask yourself the question, where's all this electricity going to come from to meet the new demands from these new appliances and new vehicles when our, frankly, our electric grid is an absolute mess uh, and as David told us the other day, um, India has a more reliable electrical grid than the United States of America, and the Chinese have helped them with that. So this um, push away from natural gas, and including the telling of lies about natural gas, oh, it's uh, your, your kid's asthma, that's natural gas, um, that was not published in any Let's, let's put it this way. We talked to a medical doctor earlier this week about it. To say he was underwhelmed by the research would be an overstatement. Uh, not at all. So they start to use the children, the children, the children. And again, I, I don't see this as a political issue. I see it as a common sense issue because I don't care how you feel about Joe Biden or Donald Trump. You want to stay cool in the summer and you want to stay warm in the winter and you don't want to go broke doing it. It's a pretty simple equation for all of us. So if if we don't have enough electricity now, how is adding appliances to our power strip on a national level going to make things any better? And demonizing natural gas, formerly energy efficient, clean burning natural gas, and we don't have to go to the Middle East to get it. That used to be the salvation. Now, suddenly... It's satanic. Uh, and this idea that is being used in some places like Phoenix, hey, if you volunteer for a smart thermostat, you're going to get some benefits from us. Well, you do that, but then you surrender control of your thermostat. So peak demand periods, you want your temperature in your house at 68 degrees in Phoenix, hot, blazing summer day, can't get it any lower than 80 degrees. What's that all about? Saw an article the other day, yesterday, about New York State experimenting with governors on cars, meaning if you're in a 35 zone, you can't do any more than 35. If you're in a 65 zone, no more than 65, but you can press a button for an override, which lasts for, what, 15, 30 seconds? Uh, really? Are, do we really want other people controlling every aspect of our lives? In, in the event of an emergency, you've got to get to a hospital. You really want that technology to interfere? These unintended consequences. Unfortunately, there are people in, in power at every level and of every persuasion who want power over other people. And it really is disturbing. And this is not tinfoil hat stuff. This is as close as your nearest web search or this radio show. I'd love to hear from electrical contractors. How many jobs are you getting 
uh, to put in chargers for people's electric vehicles or to upgrade the electrical system in people's older homes because the older the older electrical systems, the older fuse boxes and whatnot, they just don't have the capacity. There's not enough juice going into the house, actually, to meet the needs of a home, especially if you're living in a home that uh, goes back a few years, as many of us do. Uh, 803-0930, star 930, and 1-800-616-WBEN. Uh, let's get back to Steve in Angola about solar panels. Now, Steve, the, the life expectancy of a solar panel is about 25 to 30 years. Most manufacturers will warranty them for 25 years. Over time, they lose their effectiveness. So a new solar panel is going to generate about 15 to 20% more electricity than one that is at the end of its lifespan. They just decrease in efficiency over time. There are companies that will buy old solar panels and recycle them. What was your biggest concern, sir? Uh, the, the disposal of the solar panel. I, I understand you were talking about the disposal, and there's people that handle the disposal, just like you know, waste, wastewater, waste products. They handle the disposal. Uh, okay, I, I'd like to talk about a different issue. Natural gas. Is that okay? That uh, is part of the whole parcel. Yeah. Okay. Uh, during this previous storm. My sister and I, we're, we're, we're elderly. We're in our 60s. And uh, at the time, uh, I lived through 77 in the ice storm. And uh, we went through the uh, no power issue. Actually, here in Angola, we lost power for about 14 hours. And if it wasn't for our gas stove, we live in a 1,500-square-foot, you know, but uh, the ranges in the center of the house, uh, it provided adequate enough heat, you know, to keep the house at a, a substantial 62, 63 degrees. And we also had a backup unit for, uh, you know, propane in case of emergency. Sure. When we, when we, when we couldn't handle it, when, when the gas stove couldn't handle it, but it, it handled it sufficiently. So we survived, and then after, you know, 12, 14 hours, the electricity did come out because the winds had sustained. The winds were just whipping out here. Yes, they were. You know, it was, we, we, can't, we can't expect somebody to, you know, go out and fix a service line. They they, they, could, they couldn't do it. I mean, they, they, they couldn't do it. Right. No, dur- during the storm, the the city the the plows everywhere had to coordinate with National Grid and NYSEG because if National Grid or NYSEG are going to come out to fix something, they got to have a road on on which they can actually drive. So that required some serious logistical planning. So if if you had had all electric and if you'd been out of power not for the time you were, but for a period of days. Don't you think you would have been concerned about losing your life? And people did lose their lives in their homes. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. And they did during 77, and they did during the ice storm. During, during the ice storm. Now, uh, during 77, we had a, uh, a boiler in the house. And at that time, there were standing pilots. And that's all you had to do was hit the standing pilot and light the pilot. You, you didn't have an electric circulating pump. But you could get what, what was called uh, residual heat off of, off of and, and a furnace would cycle on and off. But the heat would transfer through the house. Those were the old styles. 
New styles, you can't do that crap. All right. Steve, I thank you very much. I must move on to some other people as we try to go all electric in New York State and elsewhere. I don't think it's practical or even close to being practical. Um, let's go to Gary in Boston. Gary, you are on WBEN. Hello. Hi, Tom. Uh, first of all, thank God we're slightly warming the globe. If we had cooling, you know, I know it would take a while, but, we, you know, you can't do anything when it's cold. You die. Well, they, they changed global warming to climate change, and those of us who are old enough will remember, and I've, I've been looking for the video online. I can't seem to find it anywhere online. I can't imagine why that might be. But one of the TV networks uh, ran one of those scare-umentaries back in the 1970s. It was called, We Will Freeze to Death in the Dark. Freeze to Death in the Dark. Not, We're Going to Melt Because of Global Warming. Right. And uh, I, I think they should uh, nip this uh, gas uh, stove uh, in, a butt, uh, in a bud because, uh, you know, we, we need our natural gas. And uh, we have to uh, start now. Vote these people out. Vote, vote the uh, stupid politicians with their stupid ideas out now. Let's not wait till it's already signed, sealed, and delivered when we won't have a choice, okay? And uh, that's another thing. These uh, batteries for your vehicles... They're very, very hard to uh, recycle because they're packed in glue and, uh, you know, uh, out of a, a bunch of different uh, ingredients, they can only uh, go after a couple of valuable mineral, uh, metals. So uh, I think the way to go is uh, nuclear. It's uh, not your grandpa's nuclear anymore. Uh, they have many nuclear plants, and they have uh, – uh, you can shut the plant down, and it won't uh, overheat and explode or what, whatnot. It, it's out there. I guess the problem is people not in my backyard syndrome. Bingo. Know? It's nuclear. You know what? Everything you've said about nuclear is, to me, absolutely spot on. It is safe. It is effective. But it's never going to happen in the United States, at least not in the foreseeable future, uh, because of public opposition and because uh, nuclear is just a bad word. Right. But it's like zero, you know, zero... Uh activity when it comes to pollutants and uh you can reuse a lot of these uh, uh nuclear uh components and reuse them in uh different uh, uh new nuclear plants and uh, look at the uh all the federal land out west you mean they can't put it over there i mean there's oh they've got a they've got a disposal site I mean, from from the old days for the for the nuclear waste remember that big cave we always used to read about oh, yeah. uh, i wouldn't want the job of dusting that cave but yeah right uh, but, but but you got people, you got the uh, out west. Uh, there's there's federal lands. No one's there for uh, you know probably tens of hundreds of miles. Okay, and uh, I'm not saying that you put the waste there, but you put the plants out there. You see, right. and at least if, even if it supplies energy to the uh, western states, that would be a plus. You know, we have to versatile. You can't just have one thing. You got to have. I can see someone putting up solar panels on their house. You know, but uh, not in an open field or not. You know, it's just, uh, you know, you got to use our heads. Our politicians are failing us there. Uh, they, they, there's, there's no, yeah, there, there's no leadership. But what I'm really concerned about is a lack of a scientific approach and its substitution or the implementation of a political or agenda-driven approach as opposed to a scientific approach. The scientific method will never let you down. I thank you, Gary, for the phone call. And the as far as the waste is concerned, uh, Carlsbad, New Mexico, 
Carl's, that's, that's where the uh, United States had put its uh, very deep repository for the disposal of the uh, nuclear waste, at least defense-related nuclear waste. Uh, but nuclear, it, it, I don't see it ever happening at, at all uh, in the United States. Everything is electric, 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 electric. Um, those of you with EVs, haven't heard from any of you today. Those of you with uh, solar panels, you put them in on your house. How did it work out for you? What was your uh, payback time for putting in the solar panels? I'm curious. Very smart guy I know. Put solar panels on his home. Very happy with it. He's also got an EV as his standby vehicle. Um, he's got a gas, gas-powered vehicle, but he's also got an EV for running around. And that's, to me, what an EV uh, I would feel comfortable with an EV for running local errands, things like that. I would not want to drive cross-country in one, not not at this point, no. Not unless you can fill them up, totally recharge them in the same time as you can a gasoline-powered vehicle. Let's go to Greg in uh, North Collins. Greg, you're on WBEN from the home of Josh Schmidt. Tom, how you doing? Great yes, sir. Show. Did they put a statue uh, of Josh Schmidt yet up in the, the town square? Uh, I don't think so, no. Yeah, they should. <laughs> anyway, just a hypothesis here. I'm just the average Joe here. Um, my 61 years old veteran, kids are veterans, um, this control. You know, I happen to work for a major utility company in the area, uh, worked quite a bit over this last storm. But this is about power and control. If I can control the cost of ammunition, I can control gun guns. If I can control the permits, if I can control utilities, I can control the movement of populations. If I control the water, food, fuel, I can do just what I want to do if I want to be in control. This is about, it's not about common sense. You know, that's just obvious, you know. And Um, and you you could make private transportation so impractical that the only way people can get around is mass transit, which means concentrating population in a city, which would be more easy to control. I think you. Exactly. I, th- I you think wanna, there's validity in what you're saying, sir. I really do. Yeah, you know, you want to vaccinate a large group of people. You got them in a in a shelter because of an emergency. Uh, you can, you know, it's it's a state of emergency. We got to do. That's you know, this might not. I, I'm saying some. You know, this this is some drastic things that they're doing, and it's one little piece at a time. It may not happen in my. It's probably not going to happen in my lifetime. I mean, they control the interest rates. They want to make taxes so high, people, elderly, cannot afford their home. Now the banks come in. Maybe the government comes in and takes over these homes. Now they got all government housing, and they can put in in that housing who they want because the taxes and the banks have called called the loans in because nobody can pay the mortgage anymore because they didn't convert everything to electric. I think, what, you know? look, what you're saying um, five years ago might have sounded like, hey, are you in the Art Bell show kind of stuff, but – Again, when you when you hear about these smart thermostats being controlled by the utilities, so you can't get your house any cooler than eighty degrees, that's an issue of control. When you read about cars in New York State, this program where they're experimenting with uh, governing devices on cars, where sixty-five miles an hour maximum, you can only go sixty-five miles an hour. That's control, and it is. Uh, it's very scary for those of us who believe in freedom. And I don't think that it's tinfoil hat stuff. I think it's, well, let's put it this way. The proof is in the pudding. The two things I just mentioned, are they happening? Yes. And the government loves these cell phones. They love the cell phones, too. (laughs) Well, yes, I mean, cell phones, cell phone technology, I mean, basically, 
Um, there is, <laughs> dude, you know this as well as I do, there is technology out there that people don't even know about. And it's not just the stingray for, for the cell phones. Um, you, you don't really have privacy. The good news is most people have pretty boring lives and they're not that interesting. <laughs> Tom, I, I actually think we're, we're moving towards a, a place in time where we have, um, we have government state, state-run governments and we have free states. Well, I, uh, I, I hope you're right in that I hope that there are still free states somewhere. I, I thank you uh, very much for the call. Um, I don't think he's alone in thinking that a lot of this is about control. Um, I, I think I think it is. And you've always got to be wary of government control. Our founding fathers were, were very wary about government control. Of course, when the uh, uh, Whiskey Rebellion took place, uh, our founding fathers weren't exactly free thinkers then, but we'll get into that some other time, shall we? All right, Bowerly, News Radio 930, WBEN. Joe Callie, Dan Dale, Josh Schmidt in the next room. Never had so many dudes running the show. It's really, I almost feel like major market here. Almost. Only the host was good. Anyway, uh, good to be with you. We are uh, talking about uh, this whole push away from natural gas and uh, the uh, drive to make everything electric. Uh, By the way... Uh, I want to pass on something from my dear friend, Frank Panasek. Erie County Legislature Republicans to submit resolution opposing Hochul gas furnace and appliance ban. The resolution will be submitted to the Erie County Legislature by the four Republican legislators. It opposes the proposal of Kathy Hochul uh, to attack natural gas in New York State. So uh, we'll see. And again, as much as I want to keep politics out of this, um, which way will the Erie County Legislature go? Will it be on your side, the people, and wanting you to have the choice in how you energize and heat your home? Or will it go with the people who uh, believe that you shouldn't have a choice, that you should be electric or nothing? So that's something to watch. Again, I like to keep politics out of it, but when the rubber meets the road, the question is, who has common sense and who is on your side, which should be all of our sides, because I think we all like to be warm in the winter and cool in the summer, and we don't want to pay through the nose to do it. By the way, paying through the nose is one of the stupidest expressions ever. That would imply that mucus has some intrinsic value. I assure you, it does not. Um, although it is good when you want to blow a little boogie. <laughs> Let's go to Frank in Amherst on WBEN. Hello. Yeah, hi Tom. Uh the recent winter storm uh it revealed that uh even these substations for the electric companies have design situations with the equipment and so on where whole substations went down. National Grid had a number of substations that went down. I believe NYSEG had at least one in the area. And uh uh that's something that's just either the way it is or has to be improved upon not to mention the wires and the trimming of the uh, foliage around the wires to make sure that trees don't come down on them. Well, I think they've gotten Uh, much better. I think uh, National Grid and NYSEG both got a lot better at uh, 
prophylactic trimming of trees after the October surprise storm. They did. They, they're under a consent decree from the Public Service Commission as a result of the uh, ice storm in 2006, and then even what happened in 2014, the PSC put pressure on them. You'll notice more trimming, but it's it's still never enough. There's always going to be some of that going on. Uh, I had a thing with, I was down over the weekend for a few hours at the electric, I have NYSEG, and boy, just trying to reach them through their emergency line. They had a lady with a regular old-fashioned answering service. She had to take my phone number down seven times. I said, don't you just have a pen and a pad to write it down on? I don't know if that report ever actually got where it was supposed to go, Tom, because I came inside and my computer, unlike some of my neighbors, was still working, so I filled out the outage form. After I filled out the outage form like three times, the trucks came pretty quickly after that. Uh, it was one of these things where half of the lines were down. So, like, you'd have somebody's house that had half every other light bulb was working because of the circuit breaker. Only the left side was working. And so they finally got out here. But, uh, boy, just even reporting something like that, I was surprised that a company with so much money didn't have a more immediate system to take a call like that. That's, uh, that's very disturbing. I've been after National Grid to paint the pole in front of my house for 20 years. I mean, I take pride in maintaining my home, and their light pole makes my house look crappy. So if you work for National Grid, can you get my damn light pole painted? I've called you all about 15 times. The Spectrum Company, we were down for over a week with services from them, including home phone, which some people, you know, rely upon. Make sure you get Uh, your refund. Make sure. So, yeah, no, I did. I got more than just the regular refund I complained. But uh, um, what happened was there's these devices called nodes. They're made by a company called Cisco. They're like giant suitcases with fins on them. And if one node goes down, six or seven might go down. Uh, I don't know if that's something that can be anticipated, but boy, there's another network that we're relying upon for services. And it's either hard to maintain these systems or we're just not keeping up on them. And, uh, you know, I I might be kind of a liberal Democrat, but I'm not in favor of this business with electric cars and electric appliances. Uh, The the natural gas uh, kept a lot of people from passing away, I think, in this storm. Well, God God bless you. I'm glad you said you were a liberal Democrat, because I'm glad you're listening to the show, number one. Number two, I'm I'm glad that you pointed that out, because this is not a political, it shouldn't be a political issue. It's a common sense life and death issue. Simple as that. I, I don't even know how, I mean, and then the cost, like if you have an older furnace, the, the cost of, you know, replacing these electrical appliances is going to be substantial because, um, you know, obviously over time, if more people start buying them, the cost will go down. But it's like right now, if you want an electric car, electric cars are going to cost more. I don't want an electric car. I never want an electric car. If I want to, if I want to do something to save the planet, you know what? It's called a sidewalk. I can walk. I don't have to walk to the supermarket, or I don't have to always drive to the supermarket. I can walk and carry my bags home. Somebody say, well, why'd you do that? Well, I'm, I didn't, you know, I'm saving the planet maybe for something. As long as it's a reusable grocery sack, sir, not a plastic bag. Yeah, I have some of those, but uh, yeah, but um, not sure. I, I miss the plastic ones. I, I still have a good collection of those. I pick up garbage every time I have to walk to the post office or oh, somewhere. Good. There's trash everywhere. Good plastic grief. bottles, straws, Tim Hortons cups. Uh, people just throw their stuff everywhere. And it's the children, mostly, that we're saving the planet for that are the ones that do the littering. I was behind I some jackass yesterday, kept throwing cigarette butts out her window. Like, you know what, really? 
Uh, well, those are degradable, at least, though. Plastic bottles and all that are going to last forever. Styrofoam is going to last forever. Good point. Thank you. I appreciate it. Well, the, the filter tips take a little bit longer to wear out. Let's go to Chris in Toronto. By the way, we're going to be talking to Lauren Fix here in just a couple of minutes about some of this stuff. Uh, Chris in Toronto's on WBEN. Hello. Hi, Tom. How are you today? Oh, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, sir. What's on your mind? Well, Tom, I'm in Toronto, and I'm a master electrician. I have an electrical contracting company. I've been in business for about 30 years. And, you know, I guess I have a bias. I make lots of money off of this. But at the same time, there are a lot of, there are a lot of issues, and it is expensive. And, you know, you're hitting, you're hitting the points right on in that a lot of people aren't going to be able to afford these kinds of changes that are coming down the road. And there's a lot of problems with it, especially with the green energy. And, and I don't think that a lot of people are fully aware of that, that they don't understand the fact that uh, things like solar panels produce DC power, but all of the power that's, you know, that everything operates off of in our houses and our businesses is AC power. So, you know, you, now you need to have an inverter to con- convert that to AC power, but everything runs on a sine wave, which is like this nice loop that goes up and down. And, and power that is generated through the normal process of generating uh, is, is produced in AC, and it's 60 cycles. And so you have this nice loopy waveform that goes up and down. And when you have to produce power from solar panels, well, you have to have an inverter to convert that to AC, but it's a digital wave. And so it's very, it's a little bit choppy. And, and all this, you know, it can all be solved. Um, it's just that it's expensive. Well, yeah. I mean, for for the average for the average homeowner, um, when you go in and you do a job, um, what are you looking at? It depends what's uh, being done. I mean, to uh, you know, if somebody wants to, uh, let's say, to modernize somebody's electrical system, put it that way. That was a bad question I asked you to to modernize their system in one of the older homes. Yeah, if you have an older home, say, you know, 60 years old, it has perhaps 100-amp service, um, and, and you want to change that to a 200-amp service, you're looking at a minimum of... You, you got cut off. The, you said the minimum of, and then it got cut off. All right, we're going to have to... I, I'm going to have to That's move on. Uh, That's uh, just to go from, say, 100-amp service to a 200-amp service. How much money was that again? Start adding other things on. I'm so sorry, how, how, much, how much money was that again? Two thousand five hundred is a minimum. Okay, uh, Chris, I, I hope you call back at a later date. Um, I thank you for the call. I'm sorry about the mistake on uh, our end there. Uh, appreciate uh, hearing from you. Uh, let's go to the car coach, uh, Lauren Fix, on News Radio 930 WBEN. Uh, Lauren, first things first. I heard you on with um, David Bellavia earlier today, and we all know that there's a supply chain crisis, whether it's car parts or even certain pharmaceuticals like Ozempic or Sandexa for diabetics. Um, we're heading into a diesel shortage. What does that mean? Well, it really means that we have a 25-day supply of fuel. Now, you may think, well, I don't use diesel, so it doesn't affect me, but it actually does. Even if you don't own a car, it affects you. So when you go to the store to buy your medications or you go to your grocery store to get food or clothes or whatever it is you need, whether you walk, take a bus, or or whatever it might be, everything's going to cost more money. And the reason for that is, is when there's a shortage of supply, the price goes up. Now, you know that because we talk about that's pretty economics 101. So with this shortage of supply that has not 
been refueled because of the current policies that we have in place. We have 25 days of supply. That doesn't mean 25 days from now there's not going to be anything. So there will always be a 25-day supply. But typically it's a 50-day supply. So when we have half of what we need, the prices go up. Because at any time, if there's a high demand for diesel fuel, which could be if, for example, airplanes aren't working like we just had, then people are going to start moving things by train, by truck, by boat, of which all use diesel. And that means that the price will go up for literally everything. So to give you an idea, a slice of pizza might cost you $5. Tomorrow it'll cost you $6 because all the supplies that come for your local pizzeria to make pizza, and that includes the cardboard box and everything, all those incorporated costs are passed along to you. See, I, I've been astonished at pharmacies lately being behind people who are told uh, the supply chain is uh, not working, so your medication won't be here for two weeks. Like, are you kidding me? That never used to happen. Lauren Fix is the car coach. She's always on with David Bellavia Fridays, uh, 1230 to 1 on News Radio 930 WBEN. Lauren, electric vehicles. Um, did we learn anything new about electric vehicles during the blizzard and its horribly cold mm-hmm. temperatures? I think we discussed that when I was on the air with you and David. Uh, and I can't believe you slept there. You're crazy, but that you got to do what you got to do for the listeners. But um, we saw that, you know, the plows that were out there, the people that were plowing were using gas and diesel, especially those big construction equipment that moves the loads and loads of snow into trucks that are all powered by diesel. If you were to go electric, like Kathy Hochul is talking about, you'd still be waiting for that plow to hit your street. Of course, it will be melted by now. Uh, And you never get the airport cleared because all of that is operated by diesel fuel. Again, supply and demand. There was a big demand in this area. Using electricity, anyone that had an electric vehicle with the super cold temperatures, that also cuts down your life to as much as a third of the life of the battery. So if you've got to plug in and you don't have electricity, which a lot of people didn't, that's a problem. And and you certainly don't want to use a gas-powered generator to charge an electric vehicle because it will take you about two days to get it charged again this doesn't make sense just it's as silly as taking away gas stoves all this is about control and it's so funny because years and years ago and someone called in on david's show and and said something really interesting in like ireland and the uk they used whale oil and everyone said oh that's not environmentally friendly you're killing whales for the oil and they switched to crude oil and natural gas and natural gas is actually the smartest choice. And you can use natural gas to propel buses, or use mm-hmm. hydrogen, and you're seeing that. But when you take that away and you want everything to be electric, all you're doing is making everybody's life miserable and increasing the cost of literally everything. My personal electric bill went up $100 this month. Oh. If you were to do this with charging a car, I didn't want to go there. Don't don't get started on, on electric bills and stuff. Hold on. Lauren Fix, the car coach, that's where her website, just look up the car coach online. You'll get to Lauren's site. Lauren Fix is with us, the car coach on News Radio 930 WBEN. Uh, and obviously, uh, we've been talking about electric appliances and how in the world is our electric grid going to handle the increased demand when we can't handle the current demand? It's absolutely absurd. You talked about control. Lauren, as the car coach, uh, have you heard about this program in New York State they're working on for governors on cars so that if you are in a 65 zone, you can only go up to 65, but if you have to uh, override that, you can get a 15 or 30 second override by pressing a button, then you go back down to 65. Yes, I have heard about that. I've actually reported about that. And those are limiters. That is part of the infrastructure bill. 
So part of the infrastructure bill, there are two things, of course, no one reads these bills before they pass them. No one. I think that finally an intern reads them like six months later and goes, oh, I didn't know that was in there. But then they move on. Two things. One was governors that you can't speed. This is sounds like a great thing. Great. Everybody's driving 55. That's what it's going to be. Unless you, you're in an emergency, you have to get around an accident, you're on an on-ramp. They're talking about all these restrictions. They sound great. I, I go into real in deep on my car coach reports on YouTube. you got four minutes. Each video is four or five minutes, and it gives you a big chunk of car smart that will really help you start thinking. The other thing is the kill switches. If, if the car believes, because in, by 2030, they're going to be listening in your car, yes. That definitely goes against the Constitution. They're going to be tracking your eyes. They're going to be catching your fingerprint for alcohol or any sort of drugs or any sort of distractions. If so, it'll pull the car over the side of the road and there's a kill switch and you can't turn it on. Now, originally it was designed for not driving while drunk, which is a really bad idea. Never drink and drive. But now they've taken to the point if they feel that you're in a conversation and you're distracted, if they think there's something in your skin that that uh, causes you to be distracted if it tracks your eyes and then maybe you're wearing some kind of glasses or contacts, doesn't like it, it's going to pull you over. That is absolutely in the infrastructure bill that passed in 2021. And are all of these things going to be mandatory? There's no getting away from them? This is what the future is going to look like? Because this is right out of George Orwell. Yes, it is. This is exactly what's going to happen unless we say we're not going to have it or we won't buy cars. Personally, the last vehicle I'm going to be buying is as of probably 2025, because after that, every vehicle is going to have so much control in it like it does now. Uh, a friend of mine owns a, a Tesla, and he says, oh, yeah, they geotrack where I go. I said, you realize you're giving up your freedom. So they know everything about you. They sell the data that's everything about you, and they can also control where you charge and if they allow you to fast charge. And he didn't really think about it that way, but I said, once you give up that freedom, you never get it back. You know what, Lauren? I'm realizing doing this show that the paranoid people had it right all along. Yeah, and they thought we were all conspiracy theorists, you know. Uh, I'm not saying I'm paranoid, but I am a realist. When I see things and I read things and it's in a bill and it's there for everyone to read, that means they're planning on implementing it unless we defund it like they just did with the IRS agents. If you don't say something, if you don't push back, if you don't let whoever you vote for on any party say, I don't want this, they think you want it. They really, truly do, unless you tell them otherwise. This, so you have to say something. This this is insane, and at least I'm, I'm glad the Cautile Group uh, succeeded in preventing the uh, wind turbines in Lake Erie for now. You know that they're going to come back and try to do it again in the future. Lauren, I love listening to you with uh, David Bellavia Fridays from 1230 until 1 o'clock. I always like talking with you, but I, I always feel like I'm stealing from David just a little bit. <laughs> Mm. Um, I'll let you take that up with him. <laughs> all right. I'll, uh, he'll send me a dirty text in a minute. So uh, thanks very much, Lauren Fix. I wish we had more time. Anytime. Thanks a lot, Tom. Lauren Fix, the car coach, car coach reports. And when she says if this continues, her last vehicle purchase is going to be 2025. She loves cars. That's a pretty monumental statement. It really is. Hey, uh, guys, I, I'm not done with this as a topic. Um, if uh, you can think of any uh, quote-unquote experts or people that you think I should have on on these subjects, email me, tom at wben.com, tom at wben.com. I would uh, appreciate that because uh, 
I, I really think that we the people need to stand up. And I, again, this isn't Republican, Democrat, liberal, conservative. This, this is a human rights issue, and it affects all of us. I want you to have a great weekend. Really do. Go Bills. News Radio 930 WBEN. Buffalo's Evening News is coming up next.